All right. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, the, video, the video is obviously pretty hilarious, all right? Uh, but it shows us a good perspective, I believe, on the human experience, does it not? That humans are well-versed in button-pushing from the beginning of the story. Uh, today's message is entitled, Pushing My Buttons. Uh, but today, the button-pushing continues with you and I. Um, I've probably pushed my dad's buttons in the last month. Uh, and uh, he deserved it. And so, but today, um, it's about dads and their ability to uh, not only have their buttons pushed, but to also push buttons. Uh, I don't know about you all, but I am fairly versed in pushing buttons of my kids. Um, Maybe sometimes, I'm a psycho, I guess, because sometimes it's just to hear or see a reaction. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, we are button pushers, so pray with me. God, we thank you that you love us right where we are. That, Jesus, you come alongside us right where we are, and you meet us at that place. Father God, we, we love you. And we say, would you come and, and continue to move uh, in this place? Uh, we do not want just another Sunday morning uh, goosebump. God, we want to be changed. We want to be transformed into your likeness. So I pray that you would just come and do that in Jesus' name. Amen. And so our journey today begins in the book of Genesis. If you want to turn there, you can. I'm not going to be reading out of it. I'm kind of going to give you the synopsis of it. And that's the first book in the Bible. And I just want to reiterate here at Lakeland Vineyard, we teach from the Bible. We believe that it's the foundation of uh, what we're learning today. We believe that it's rooted in the fact that there's one true God and that there's the hope that we have that's found in his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we also are confident in the Holy Spirit's ability to empower us and guide us in our journey. And so when we, when we talk from, uh, when we teach, we teach from the Word of God. And uh, the deal with this is, and I want to just clarify this, you cannot do this on your own. All right? The only thing that we can do is submit ourselves to God so that He can work in us and through us. And so I want to recommend everybody um, get this book, all right? It's been on the uh, New York Times bestseller list for quite some time. Uh, I read it. It's good. Uh, I, I recommend that you read it, that you study it, that you meditate on it. Um, it is good stuff. And I've also believed that the Bible will absolutely uh, transform your life. Absolutely. I believe it's the living word of God. I believe that it breathes life into people that are looking and seeking after the answers and the capital T truth. And so I want to go back to the journey. And the journey, like I said, is really going to take place in, in Genesis. And I found that it was easy because for Mother's Day, I also uh, used Genesis. So what I did in my uh, sermon prep was to simply exchange the word mother for father, and this cut my sermon prep time by an eighth, okay? 
And so we are, you're basically going to hear the same message that we did here for mother. No, I'm kidding. Okay, calm down. That would have been brutal. Half of you wouldn't even have known. Um, Now, here's the deal. That was good. I I felt like I heard that before you did. Okay, (laughs) let's be honest, right? I mean, okay. So uh, if you read the first two chapters of Genesis, you might find yourself mildly, but uh, more likely incredibly impressed by the ability of God to make something out of nothing. So here was God, and he, he was kind of just floating over nothingness, and then he spoke, and, and stuff started to exist, and, and then he, he out, of the, out of the dirt that he had just made, he breathes into that dirt, and he makes the first human being in the form of Adam. Uh, Adam was once dirt, and then the divine breath of God was breathed into that dirt, and then he existed And then he recognizes that it wasn't good for man to be alone. Uh, So out of the first human came the second human, Eve. And and so there's this woo woo man, all right? And so, and these two were a match. And at this point, we can't ignore the beauty that's happening in the story, uh, the intricacy of the plan, the beauty of the gift that is earth that was put into the hands of these two freshly made humans. Like, think about that, okay? You think you have a lot of responsibility. God says to you, here's the earth. Rule over it. Okay, all right? The sinking of the biological systems that are taking place is mind-blowing. The power of creation being blessed then to create. Like, think about this for a second. Think about the responsibility that was given to Adam and Eve and this is both beautiful on a basic level. Can you imagine, we, Jen and I were talking about this the other day, where in, in the Garden of Eden, everything was right. Everything was functioning like it was supposed to. And then if we look, if we go beyond just the, the eye-level sight, we go and we see And even more mysterious and magnificent things happening at the scientific level. Just think about this. From nothing came beauty. And then chapter 3. Chapter 3. I mean, we're only pages into this story. We're only moments into the existence of creation. And then... The man and the woman officially press the first button. They push the first button. It's crazy. And so they are going to ignore what God says. They are going to eat from this tree that they know they're not supposed to. And so we see in verse 8 that God comes and he's, he's looking for them. I'm just imagining this scene when the cool evening breezes were blowing. Can you imagine that? The cool evening breezes. Can you guys, where do, you, where do your thoughts go? Maybe mine go automatically to the mountains, all right? And those cool evening breezes are blowing. And he comes through and he's trying to, you know, like I said, he's trying to look for them. Is he really looking for them? No, he knows where they are. He's just trying to get two people to be real with them. And then he interviews them and they say their piece and then he lovingly punishes them. 
So in spite of their rebellion, in spite of their blatant disregard for the word of God that he spoke to them, the instruction that he gave, in spite of throwing the story what looks to be completely off, he still loves them. And when I look at this story, the beginning story where God, who is all-powerful, could have easily wiped them off and said, Let's, we're going to restart this beast. This is no bueno. We're going to do it again. He meets them where they're at. To me, this is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of God. He brings justice, but he also brings love. And so what can we learn from this small scripture passage? I believe that we can learn a ton from it. The theme uh, that we see is witnessed again and again. In these three chapters, it's again and again. God provides, humans mess it up. God shows his grace and mercy and compassion. It, it happens over and over in the story, and it continues to happen today. But I believe that we can learn the heart of the Father in these three chapters, and we can learn this, that God is all-powerful. He does not leave us without instructions. He seeks out justice. He brings correction. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is compassionate. He is sacrificial, and he is true to his word. If you didn't get all those, we're going to go over them, okay? So what can we take away from today? Fathers in this room, if there's fathers listening on the podcast, I want to clarify what I mean by father this morning. Father is a man who has children, a man who is actively involved in their lives. To have children, to me, in my mind, to have children does not qualify you as a father. To me, you are active in their lives. Hard to call somebody daddy who's not there. Or a man who is a father figure to a person. Some in this room may not have ever had children, but you have been a father to someone. And that is a gift that is a great gift. I, I've saw it in 13 and a half years of teaching. I saw my fair share of kids that did not have a father or they did not have a father figure in their lives. Sometimes I would play that role in whatever minimal way that I could, but to speak life into people. And so that means if you're a man listening today, you have the unique ability and the great responsibility to father those who God places in your life. It is a God-sized task. If you think you can do it yourself, you are mistaken. Because at some point, your cool will run out. I ain't there yet, but <laughs> it's headed soon, okay? Ellie just rolled her eyes. Okay, I am there. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. We'll talk later. So what can we take away from these passages? What can we learn? Well, I believe this, that God has placed us in a position of power. Now, when I say power, I'm not talking about something that's lorded over somebody. When we talk about authority and power, sometimes we, we seek after what the, what the world means by that, that we're going to lord our power and authority over somebody. But rather, what I'm talking about is a reverse economic kingdom kind of power. 
See, you were created to have authority. Let's just, let's just go into this for a second. Why else does, if you have a child or if you've been an influence on a child, why else do they think that you're a hero? I mean, dude, you have a beer gut. No one else thinks that you're a hero. Like, for real, okay? Like, think about it. Let's just be real for a second. These kids literally think that you can pick up houses. They tell their friends that, all right? They look at you and they see that you can do nothing wrong, that probably my dad could even compete in the Olympics. Now, that's wonderment. It's also disillusionment. They're kids, so we'll leave it at wonderment. And they really genuinely think this about you. They look up to you, so you have been placed in a, in a, in a place that is super important. But if we were going to uh, take our, our, our source of who we looked for as an example of power, we would look to Jesus. All powerful, but yet created to serve. Jesus met people where they are. And sometimes it's tough meeting your kids or the person that you're mentoring where they're at because they are on repeat of doing the same thing that's driving you insane. And I speak of that with full knowledge of being driven insane. I'm not going to go into the stories. Because I know you guys have lunch plans. And we would go right into that time. But you guys know the stories. You can think of the stories. You can think of those like the, like the dad that had the chest full of buttons that were the special ones. You remember those. Hopefully now, maybe years later, you can look back on them and smile. Hopefully still, 10 years later, it's not driving you crazy. Maybe they still are doing the same stuff. I don't know. But then we look at the next thing, instruction. God did not leave Adam and Eve without instruction. He gave them instruction. Let me say this. Fathers, we are not to leave our kids without instruction. The old proverb 22, 6 says what? All right? Raise your children up in the way that they should go so that even when they're old, they will not depart. Right? Okay, so when we think about this, when we think about your children, can I take a couple of, of, of points of stress off of you? Your children are current. If you raise your children in the way that they should go and they are not currently serving God, that is their choice. You did not, like, you didn't tear that beast up. If you did what you could do, I'm telling you right now. Because it's like some of parents' favorite deals to beat themselves up for, God, what did I do wrong? What is going on? Okay, this and that. Okay, can I relieve you of that this morning? But here's what I want to ask to those who may have young children or if you're mentoring someone is this, is how is that training going and what materials are you using in the training process? Are we being intentional trainers of our kids? Now, can I stand up here and say that I'm going to be real with you? It could be going better for me. Well, you're the pastor. Shouldn't it be going real good? Yes, it should be. Okay. So what do we try to do? I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I told the girls last night, now they're going to have to get up a little bit early, but we're going to, we're going to try to begin a, a little Bible study. 
where they can just ask little questions and, and we can kind of get some answers going on. Started it with the boys, all right, last week, still looking for the fruit, all right? And so, still looking for the fruit there, all right? It's going to happen, though. Um, <laughs> no, dude. If you, if you, have any of you raised boys? Dude, they're different. People were not kidding when they said that. They're just different. I'm a dude. I didn't realize how different I was until I had little dudes. God bless my parents. Honestly, someone asked me the other day, they said, when did you start going bald? Which I thought was an offensive question, I'm going to be honest with you. Because, like, who comes up with that question? When did you start? Stop asking me. That's personal. It was right after uh, I got married and then started having kids. That's when it really, like, it really lost my hair. And let me tell you something, it probably wasn't the marriage thing. All right. So, Ellie, thank you. All right, here we go. You are to seek justice and bring correction. Now, look, I hate it. Dude, if I, if I didn't have to as a, a father, if I didn't have to bring correction, I would love it. How, how much easier would parenting be? Like, if you enjoy correcting your children, you, you, get, you have issues, all right? Like, your blood pressure, like, goes up. Maybe you're, doesn't, maybe you're like the calm parent. Maybe you see your, you know, kid drawing on the wall, and you're like, oh, bless their heart. I'm not that person. I'm like, dude, I'm paying for this house. What are you doing? Are you insane? Okay. And then later, I'm like, look, I know you're not insane. It was just dad was mess. Okay, uh, all right, I'm sorry. Um, but they need, con- have you ever noticed kids need constructs? They need, like, parameters. Man, everybody's seen that kid that has no parameters. Dude, they're wild. Wild at heart, for sure. They're, like, off the chain. We don't have chandeliers in here, but they're hanging from the fluorescence, all right? We don't know what's going on, all right? It's not pretty, all right? If, if correction isn't part of the deal, then, then what's the Bible? A lot of the Bible, man, is God bringing correction and bringing direction. I think correction and direction are in the same thing. And justice, kids need to know what justice is. See, the epistles, if we, if we read the epistles, if we read in 1 Corinthians 1, we talk about, he's talking about churches, uh, the division in the church. If we read Galatians, we're talking about betraying the good news of Christ. And here's what he did is he brought correction to them. He set them straight. Here's how it's going to be, and here's how it is. There is no other way. Now, in that moves into our next thing of correction has to be merciful and gracious and compassionate. Have I always been merciful, gracious, and compassionate? Don't answer out loud. <laughs> have I always been? No, I have not always been. But yet we see God who is merciful, gracious, and compassionate. I was going to include the 51 verses that we looked up to go with this, but you look them up, all right? There's always stuff online that you can look up. 31 verses about mercy, grace, and compassion, all right? 51 verses about mercy, grace, and compassion. But think about this. These are continual themes throughout the entire Bible. They're continual themes, and they continue today. Now, mercy and grace are two terms that are often confused, but let's clear it up. Uh, Mercy is God not punishing us 
as our sins deserve, and grace is God blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. I hope that our kids can see that in us. I hope our kids can see that, you know what that's called, mercy? It's called uh, uh, picking your battles. That's what it's called. Grace. Hey, you didn't deserve this, but you know what? We're going to go to Chick-fil-A anyways. I hope your kids see that. I hope your kids and I hope my kids see that, that when they mess up, it's not an end all. That there's grace and compassion and there's mercy in the correction that's brought to them. See, because they don't need somebody who thinks they're perfect parenting them. They've seen you. They know you're not perfect. My kids have seen me at my best. They've seen me at my worst. My kids know, know, capital K, that I'm not perfect. But hopefully they've seen mercy and grace and compassion as well. And you will sacrifice many things as a father. You will give up, like I said with the mothers, you will give up what are called the best part of your life for these kids. But you'll give it up in a way that comes alongside these kids so that they can be the best person they can be. You will give up things, you will sacrifice. I mean, I think in one practical example alone is how much sleep I have given up. I thought this morning, how much prettier would I be if I didn't have kids? I would be, I would be majestic. I would be head full of hair, most likely. I would have no wrinkles on my face. There would be no bags under my eyes. Jen looked at me last night and said the, the, the single-handedly most sexy thing she's ever said to me. She said, honey, you have dark bags under your eyes. I thought, Dan, thank you, babe. That just really, really appreciate that. I'm just going to go to sleep now. Um, so, no, no, but we think about this, okay? But God knows he knows about the sleep I've, I've missed. I mean, I think about it when they were babies. And I wouldn't replace that, man. Think about that. I used to get up. Okay, I'm going to tell a little story here, the truth about how it went down in our house. Um, Jen is a, is, a, is a sleeper because you could drive a train through our bedroom, and she would not wake up. Even last night. I hear Ellie coughing, like, in her bedroom, and she's been having some, like, this is way TMI, but anyway, some phlegm has been coming up, and I'm like, even now, 14, dude, I'm up. I'm like, yo, what's up? You okay? You doing all right? Okay, good. Back to bed, um, and I'm like, I'm bragging on myself. Jen's over there sawing logs. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to say that that was a continuation of a theme that happened when they were babies. I'm not going to say that this morning, okay? But it happened, all right? <laughs> and I would get up, and I would get the kids, and, and that's what we did. That's how we rolled. Now, mind you that, that she was waking up in the middle of the night feeding the kids as well, all right? And so we were both uh, sleep-deprived. I, I remember them uh, when they, they were sick as kids, and I remember even up to a few months ago, you know, you, you guys have all had this. If you've had children, you're dead asleep. This is the pillow. 
and you wake up and someone is right here. And I'm like, what the heck, dude? You got to come in a little softer. Like, what are you doing? Like, tap, move back. We got to train these kids, man. Proverbs 22, 6, that needs to happen. That's one of the training things. Tap and back, okay? One, I'm going to tell you the truth. Happy Father's Day to my dad. Here's the deal. One time I came in, I always said goodnight to my parents. This is a little aside here. We'll go back to my kids and just say, little aside. I came in one time. I said, goodnight, dad, choke hold. He had me like this. I'm like, it's me. He's like, cool. Then went right back to bed. Freaking savage, man. I was like, my dad's kind of a ninja. Um, I didn't know that until that very night. Uh, That's when I started practicing my technique. Uh, Hey, good night. See Mm, okay so anyways they come in they're sick man they're sick and you're like i don't want to get um my tummy hurt that's the classic okay my tummy hurt i don't know (laughs) go get a cracker no you get up okay you deal with it you go and you rub their tummy and you tuck them back in bed and you pray god please don't let them get up again (laughs) oh yeah and make them feel better uh you know, another time I've lost sleep, camping. Now, with the boys, it's awesome, okay? The boys are great. Go pee in the bushes. I don't care. But you know what? We got to a point where if the campground was empty enough, girls do the same thing. I don't give a rip. Don't wake me up, okay? But we'd wait, and here's how it works, inevitably. Six kids, you know how it works, <laughs> Okay? dude, let's go to the bathroom, come back, fall asleep. I got to go to the bathroom. What? At what point did Jen get up? The next morning. It was messed up. I understand now our camping strategy, man. I'm always near the door and always, that's messed up. I just got like a download, man. Like she puts me by the, okay, not this time. We're going next week. You're by the door. I'll still be getting up, but I'm going to stomp on her air mattress on the way over. Okay. Good stuff, man. So sacrifice. I mean, and that's just one thing, right? Sleep. We think about other things we've sacrificed, but then, but then we look at the kids and we look in their eyes and we don't even really think about that stuff. I wonder, I just wonder if that's how God looks at us. Where we mess up, we're in a relationship with Jesus and, and he looks at us and he doesn't list the things that are wrong. He just loves us. He's compassionate on us. He's merciful towards us. He's gracious. And he gave sacrificially his son so that we could know him and so that we could be known. 
That's crazy to think about that. And then integrity. Being who you are, wherever you are, is not about being perfect. Rather, it's recognizing your imperfections, taking them before God, and then working your faith out. Daily putting yourself in a position to grow. Can I say that the last thing a kid needs to see is a parent or a mentor or a father figure who believes that they are perfect. Because at some point, it is going to click in their mind that you are actually full of crap. I'm going to be honest. See, there is only one who's perfect. And what kids need to see is you're seeking after the one that's perfect. They need to see that when you make a mistake, you readily admit to them that you made that mistake. That integrity is knowing when you're wrong, recognizing when you're wrong, and then apologizing for when you're wrong. You know what? I... Uh, you know what, whatever it is, I made a mistake. I, yes, that person did pull out in front of me and I said a word. I'm speaking from, from Jen's perspective right now. And so, and so we, <laughs> we, I'm not gonna have a good Father's Day. Okay, so <laughs> here's the deal. No, so uh, I've done it. And you know, Mia, Mia is our quick corrector. Mia is black and white, man. It's like, you are wrong or right, and there ain't no middle ground. So, you know, I'll say shish kebabs or something like this, and she'll be like, uh, you, what? And I'm like, I said shish kebabs. Chill out. No, you didn't, okay? Um, I, that's I, obviously hypothetical. That doesn't really happen. Okay, um, let me clear the air. Um, so, they don't need that. They need somebody that's willing to say, dude, I, I royally screwed up. Like, I messed up big time. And then they want to hear uh, the apology. Because let me tell you something, as a model, when they hear you apologize, they realize it's okay not to be perfect. The superhero just apologized to me, the little person the superhero just like them just wants to be known your kids just want to be known first john 4 8 through 21 Okay. Start talking about my kids. I get a little worked up here. All right. This uh, verse, these verses are talking about, still going through puberty apparently. Um, These verses are talking about loving one another. And I want to read this to you because I believe that it's uh, applicable today. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for 
love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not know God, who does not love, uh, does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has even ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us the spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. And furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. I believe that that is an important message for fathers today, that we are to love the people that God has put in our lives. We are commanded to do that. It is not optional. It is when it is tough to love our kids, when it is tough to love that person that keeps doing the same stuff, that keeps uh, just rubbing you the wrong way, that is when we need full reliance on God to say, God, would you come? Would you come and be a part of this? Would you come and help me? Would you come help me love this child? Would you come help me show them what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? It doesn't mean that you have to like them all the time, but you have to love them. Let's be honest. Can we be honest? Sometimes you don't, you're like, I don't like this kid, bro, <laughs> but I'm going to love him, or I'm going to love her. All right? Now, Willa, your mom's shaking her head now. I'm just warning you. I didn't know if you saw that or not, but I wanted to point it out. <laughs> but it's not Mother's Day, so it's fine. All right, here we go. All right, so today I want to challenge us to be fathers who are men of their word, men of integrity, who recognize that our authority comes from an all-powerful God and flows through the power of the Holy Spirit who guides us to instruct our children in the way that we should go, all while seeing, seeking out justice and bringing correction as it is needed in a merciful, gracious, and compassionate way. I challenge us all to live sacrificially so that our children may see Christ in us, not just in our words, but in our deeds. I challenge us simply to be fathers.
want everybody to stand up this morning. Dads, we have a gift for you when you leave. If you're offended by it, I'm sorry, but we didn't get you a mug this year. We got you a cupcake because I believe this, that some of you in this room are cupcakes. No, I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) I believe this is for real. Uh, I wanted to do this last year, but I wasn't here for Father's Day. When you pick it up, the best thing was watching Connie order these. These are chocolate cupcakes with chocolate icing on them, formed into a poop emoji that says, thank you for not being a crappy dad. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I, honest to God, mean that, all right? Because we have a choice in the matter. We have a choice to be men of integrity. We have a choice to live sacrificially. We have a choice to show mercy, compassion, and grace. We have a choice to recognize our position of authority that we've been given. And we have a choice to come under the Lord Jesus Christ to help us father our kids. And so when I say that, I know thanks for being a crappy dad. It's kind of funny, but I'm, I'm serious as I can be. Thank you for not being a crappy dad. Edit that, okay? I believe that because I want you to seek out the Father. I want you to make it a priority that says, I am going to be present in my kids' lives. That I am going to affect change in the person's life who God has brought me to be a father figure over. And we cannot do this perfectly, but we can do it well with the Holy Spirit that empowers us. So I want to pray over you fathers this morning. And I recognize this too this morning. I would be remiss to say this. This Father's Day also brings up emotions of people who don't have their father with them today. And so I want to pray for you as well. But first, I want to pray for the fathers in this room. God, I pray a blessing over these men. God, that they would begin to step up the game of fatherhood, not in a competition for the guy next door, but for the competition of their kids' hearts, their kids' lives, their kids' destiny, God. I pray that they would become attached to the fact that you have placed them in a child's life to make a difference and to impact change in that child's life. I pray that there would be an awakening of what it is to be a father. I pray that time would be set aside for their kids. I pray that time to study your word would be set aside, that they could be strengthened by you to be the father that you have intended them to be. I thank you, God, that you are a forgiving God for those in this room that have not been the dad that they wanted to be, that there is still today, there is still tomorrow, there's still hope in Jesus. There is still redemption and restoration that can take place. So as we leave this place today, would we be more like you? We have pushed your buttons and you have been gracious and kind to us, God. Could we do the same to our own children? Jesus, we recognize that there are people here that are in a state of mourning and grief. 
as their fathers are not here. God, I pray that you would come with your mercy and grace and compassion and minister life into those people. We thank you that emotions are real, that you created them. And Father, we thank you that you love us right where you're at, right where we're at, and you understand us. God, for those that, that need healing this morning, from a heart that is just torn apart by loss, would you come and begin to restore? God, we thank you that you are a good father and that you love us right where we are and that your desire for us is to become more like you. So, Father, would you, would you do that? invite you if if you need specific prayer about anything I'm going to invite uh, you uh, to not leave here today without getting prayer now what does that look like at Lakeland Vineyard right well it might look like you turn to the person next to you that you know hey we're going through this would you pray for me it might look like you coming up here for prayer But here's what I would encourage you today. Like it says there, 1 John 4, 7 through the finish. Love one another. Love your Christian brother and Christian sister. We need to understand, just like we talked about last week, there shouldn't be a need in the, in the body of Christ. That's not just talking about finances. We need to come together. I'm struggling with this. My back is out of whack. Okay? And so on. Let's do business. Okay? Let's let God enter in. And let's let's have him change who we are. And I think that that happens from a position of allowing him to change us. And so if that's you... You want prayer? Come on up here. Look to the person beside you. Whatever you want. Right? There are people to pray for you though. We're going to worship some. If you have to leave, don't forget your kids. For Pete's sake, it's Father's Day. Alright? Alright? We'll see you next week. Um, Have a good one.